Hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And today we're going to be talking about pages 200 to 400, or more specifically, chapters 18 through 34 of The Shadow of What Was Lost, book one of the Lycanius trilogy by James Islington. Pretty stoked, actually, to get into this, uh, this these pages. I enjoyed them and kind of turned through them, and uh, a lot happens, like some very pivotal evolution, growth, story elements, introductions of ideas and concepts all happen. It's a, it's a lot. I think that this is when the book is really starting to become its own thing and kind of drift away from a lot of the tropes that we've been seeing previously. So that's been really exciting to see. I totally agree. And there's like something, you know, yes, we need the character development. We need the world building, but there's a nice point in a story which this one maybe takes a little longer than some others that I've read to kind of build up the characters. Then once they're established, throw them into a maelstrom of bah! And like, this is kind of their, I feel like a lot of the coming of them happens in these pages. And then they're about to be thrown into that maelstrom, which I'm really looking forward to because I want to see that the shit hit the fan, you know? And it's a really big help that I'm more familiar with a lot of these terms by now too. <laughs> a lot of these names were starting to sound a little samey. But now I know what everything is, and or most of it. I'd say I know about 80% of what's happening right now, which is good. That's right where you want to be about halfway through the first volume in a giant epic fantasy. I agree. I still, uh, when I was like writing out some stuff before this podcast, you know, I was writing the word Shadrahin and was just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, let's dive straight into our first synopsis. Wurr and his cousin Caroline speak at the stadium in Thrindar. Caroline tells Wurr the terrible news about the attack on Caladel. Wurr is devastated, but after collecting himself, tells Caroline he, Terrace, and Davian are headed to Tol Athian to restore Caden's memories. Though Caroline does not wholly approve of Wurr's mission or his traveling companions, she agrees to help get the gang out of Desriel, as long as she can send protection along with them all which Wurr agrees to. Wurr tells Davian the truth of his identity. The news is shocking, and even more so when Davian realizes that Wurr will one day have the ability to change the tenets. After this conversation, Wurr has the sad duty of telling Davian about the attack on Caladel. Elosian introduces Asha to three augurs, Aaron, Cole, and Fessy. They have all been having visions of a future attack on the capital that will come from the north. Davian, Wurr, Terrace, and Caden are joined by Aelric and Desia Shaneweir, and eventually Nehem, the priest from the Temple of the God of Balance. They are attacked in the abandoned city of Dylanus, and Davian and Nehem get separated. Nehem is mortally wounded, and reveals that there is a prophetic text that talks of a man that will one day stop Erekin Devad from destroying the world, and that Terrace believes that man to be Davian. Nehem also reveals that Terrace has some type of link to Davian, and unless Davian breaks it, Terrace will die. Davian is caught in a strange rift, barely surviving his journey through the void. When he emerges back into Dylanus, he meets Malshash, an augur who tells him that he has traveled almost a century backward in time. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty into this. Things are moving along pretty well. I really liked the little snippet we got of Wurr and Desria's uh, relationship. I thought that was really cool. They seem to have a lot of chemistry. We are seeing more of a window into Wurr's life as a prince and that he's not able to really 
have these feelings and it it sucks because the conversation that they have is really nice it's easy going it feels very believable and fluid and easy and i feel for Wer, you know and for desria because they seem to like each other and after all that time trying to hide his identity and stay out of any kind of romantic relationship while at Calido, it's really nice to see him want something for himself you know he's been doing all this selfless stuff this whole time and i think it really broadens his character a lot and just I already liked him before, and now I like him even more. Nice notice. Um, I didn't think about that, but you're totally right, because he is very selfless, and, like, he's just, he's a good dude, man. I would go get beers with him. He'd be a top-shelf friend, you know? I liked their, her, him and Desiree's kind of little, like, fling thing they got going on. I'm sure that at some point, shit's going to work out that allows them to be together, or not, and maybe it'll be, like, a tragic, like, for the world, you know? My duty over my wants sort of lesson. Um, but I think it's going to work out for him in the long run. And she's a, one of the very few people, she's in a very unique position because she's like, she's brothers with Aelric who are like minor nobility. It seems like they are in my, my um, I think she's some sort of, I don't want to say handmaiden because I don't think that's the word, but she's, she's some sort of um, like attendant to Caroline. Yeah, like attendant become friend sort of relationship with Caroline. Yeah. And she's in a unique position since she understands the noble world and like the court. Uh, so she understands him and that kind of brings them both together. And, but additionally, so we're talking about how, you know, there he's BFFs with Davian and has been for a long time, but never actually told him <laughs> that he was like the prince and like one, and maybe it's because I'm not a prince. So I don't understand it from that perspective or anything, but there is no way that after four years of you being my top shelf BFF, I would not be able to tell you that I was a prince. Like, no way. That's too cool. I feel like there's no way that I wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. There's that scene where Weir tells Davian everything. And then Davian has like this kind of moment to himself, this nice reverie where he's like, huh, I guess he was a lot different than everyone else. <laughs> and it is, it is just a good example of like, ah, oh, I love you, Davian. You're you're so great. He's we have to keep in mind he's the same character that took the vessel, threw it, was tossing it to himself as he's walking down the path, and as it's spinning, and he knows that it's supposed to tell him where to go, but as it's spinning, only one side of it is lighting up, and it takes him like a page or two for him to like ah figure out that it's telling him like obviously the light was, and I I was disappointed in him, but he's also 15, so I'm trying to keep that in mind. Is he 15? Like, I feel I like think so. I haven't really gotten uh, I, that is kind of interesting. I haven't really figured out how old everybody is. I think it says right at the beginning that they're real young. I'm picturing them all around like 16 or 17. Yeah, that's probably better than 15. But I think that's where the um, the trials occur somewhere right in there. So I got there. Uh, the, I got the impression that they're pretty young. I want to hear your opinion on the conversation between the super important conversation between Nehem and Davian in what's the city? Delaris? Delanis? Dilanis. Nehem gets attacked by this wraith like creature, gets gutted just right to the belly. He seems very knowing of it going in. We kind of get some foreshadowing and hints that he's like, yeah, I'm not coming out of this one. And so he kind of already knows what's going on. And there's been hints that he has some like predetermined info that someone's told him so he's very understanding and like accepting of of his position and he tries to like just knowledge dump onto davian while he's just like bleeding out uh, so tell me what your thoughts are on that i really like nehem a lot me too and it's sad to see him go because it felt like he was uh he was a really honest really cool character and even the first experience we got with him when he was drinking because of his religion i thought was like a really nice touch it's funny because at first i'm tempted to say oh well 
this is where Davian finds out he's the chosen one. But I think it was done really in a really clever way, right? Where the only way that Nehem was able to really be sure was because he had seen, someone had seen the way he was going to die. And the way he was going to die was like delivering this information to the chosen one. So it was a very good way to deliver that kind of trope. And I was really happy with how it felt getting that because it wasn't just Nehem dying and being like, I knew this all along. I just was hiding it from you. You're the chosen one. And then he dies, right? <laughs> yeah. which would have been pretty lame. I, I did like, I feel like that's a nice microcosm for what most of this series feels like. And the really strong parts of this series is that there are a lot of tropes here. There, It is very structurally reminiscent of that kind of 80s and 90s epic fantasy, but there are a lot of really cool twists on those things like that. And there are nice subversions now and then. And I think that might be one of the reasons why this series is so popular is that just when I think, I feel like I've heard this before, I have, but I haven't. And that's really cool. And that's what's keeping me reading these. Yeah, it's like that place that you go and get a margarita and they put a little splash of orange juice in there. And you're like, I've had a million margaritas, but this one... Mm. A great analogy. Back to the conversation between Nehem and there, because there's some reveals. And like, yeah, we've been talking about Nehem's like emotional state and like he's gonna die, he knows it, so he's had a long time to prepare, but so he's not super stressed about it. But he also knows that he's accomplishing like a big thing as he does. In the conversation, Davian hears from Nehem that he is the one, and he just kind of like accepts it. He doesn't, I don't know, he doesn't really have time to ask questions. And then Nehem's like, I feel like he had a whole lot more to tell him. And then he's like, and also dot, dot, dot. And then Davian gets sucked into the void. <laughs> that part was kind of strange. Where Davian... It was a weird turn. I'm never really big on um, dream sequences or anything like that for yeah. the most part in books. I, and I think a lot of people aren't really just because they're they're really difficult to nail. And they, they kind of suck the reader out of the momentum of what was happening. And sometimes they're really good and sometimes they're really useful. And I think in this case, it was necessary. And I think he did a pretty decent job with it, but I was still kind of like, I don't know what's going on. He's like nowhere and everywhere and he's in time and separated from it. He has this weird feeling that he cannot use the essence, which like I, he can't do that anyway. So I'm not really sure why he feels that, but. I did think it was really, really cool that Davian has kind of relied on this fellowship that he's been traveling with for a while. And I think the book has kind of relied on Davian relying on the fellowship. So it's really nice to see him separated from everybody. So Davian going back in time is really awesome. And I really enjoy the fact that we're about halfway through this and Davian is separated and being tested on his own rather than with a sort of fellowship. We'll get to see him either blossom or utterly fail. And that's really cool. That's where I wanted Davian to be by now. And we're there. I'm excited. I've gone from not really caring about Davian to really, really excited about what's about to happen because now he's in an infinitely more interesting space than anybody is. So yes. And he needs to progress. Like I was telling you, I'm really excited for the Maelstrom event where, or events, hopefully, where we kind of just get the characters, we get the world, we're throwing them into crazy situations and just watching them go. It's like not time to learn the lines of the play, it's time to act the play now. And it's just like, okay, perfect. That's what I really want to see, you know? And we've spent a couple hundred pages getting to that point. So it was, it needed to happen the way it did, totally fine. But I'm excited that it did. Also, Terrace, uh, not Terrace, excuse me, Nehim reveals to Davian that Terrace has a link to him somehow what that is how it works why it's important not revealed at that time 
at that time. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Asha real quick and then move on into the next synopsis. Okay. Where, um, where do we get up to with Asha? Asha is in Ilan, Ilan with Elusian and the other augurs and Elusian kind of introduces right. her to the augurs. It was a little convoluted, but I kind of took away that Elusian can't really interact with these augurs because it's going to look suspicious. So he needs Asha there. And I thought that was pretty interesting. I like all the augurs. They seem really distinct from each other, like Fessy, Aaron, and Cole. Uh, I really like, I like Cole a lot, actually. It was kind of cool how he like, he like stormed out of there. And I was like, ooh, this is getting a little spicy. Yeah, like stoic dude with trust issues. She's going to have to work hard to, to earn his trust. And the other two just kind of naturally take to her, which is nice because she does need some friends badly at this point of the story. Asha learns about the visions that the augurs are having, right? Where there's some kind of attack happening, which is... I feel like all the more intense because everything that these augurs have predicted has come true. And so reading these predictions is like, Ooh, this is going to get like, there's a 95% chance that this is all completely legit. I mean, they even say like every time that two augurs have experienced the same vision, that event has definitely happened. However, they always like throw in this little caveat whenever they see like a really terrible thing. Cause they're like, Ooh, this is rough. They're like, well, you know, but that's the reason why we don't believe in the old religion because the augurs were wrong. So maybe they're wrong. Hopefully they're wrong. You know, and they always kind of backtrack a little bit. Like we're never wrong if two, but you know, it still could be. So let's not, you know, have a bad day about it. It seems like things are really, really ramping up. And I like the timing here where the gang, as I like to call them, like Terrace and Caden and all of them, the gang is almost too Tolathion. And these things are really starting to ramp up. Yes. And I'm really excited to see what happens when everybody I'm pretty sure everybody's going to reunite. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, Asha learns uh, that Wur is actually, she learns about his true identity, correct? From Elosian pretty quickly in with it once she gets there. And, and I like that a lot. She was, I was like getting to the point where it would be an Asha chapter and I'd be like, all right, let's see what she's doing. Like, cool. She's like organizing some books in the library, still being lied to by everybody, lost all of her powers. Like, you know, she got, she got uh, wrecked pretty hard. And then she became way more, just like when Davian gets ripped through into the void you're like okay cool this character is about to become a lot more dynamic and he's alone progressing evolving she's alone progressing evolving and her whole interaction with elosian and the thing with the shadrahin and all that really adds a lot of nuance to her and how she's dealing with it and she doesn't she's dealing with the fact that she had her magical powers removed very well like if you were a magic if you were a wizard and someone just took away that ability and like most other people in the world were not wizards, man, you think, I mean, you just self-identify with that pretty hard, pretty tough, tough cookie. Maybe it's the finality of it. The fact that according to Asha, if you're turned into an, a shadow, that's it for you. And that's why, you know, she's just a really cool character because she's, she's just like, well, I guess this happened to me. This sucks, but I need to help in any way I can. And she's not like holding the augur's abilities or other gifted abilities like against them or anything. And she's not being petty about it. So yeah, cool. Cool character. Yeah. And it's cool that she gets to see from the other side, though, and kind of sees that, like, wow, we as a whole culture, society, even the gifted uh, who kind of understand what they're going through, like, treat them like shit, like, or they treat them, they treat them very poorly. She's like, wow, this really isn't cool. So let's uh, move into the second synopsis, because a lot happens. And I'm really stoked to get into some of this stuff here. The story cuts to were Terrace. Aelric, Caden, and Desia as they escape the city of Dylanus. Terrace explains that he can no longer feel Davian through the shackle, which can only mean that Davian is dead. 
Elric reveals to Wurr that he has suspected who he is all along. They discuss their pasts, and Wurr begins to struggle with the idea of returning to his childhood home of Ilin Alon. As the party draws closer to Tolathian, Asha is informed by Elosian that Wurr is alive and headed home. Elosian also explains that the King of Andara has decided to send out 9,000 soldiers to the north to meet the blind. Asha is still being pressured by the Shadrahim for more information. A much older Davian visits Asha in her room. He reveals that Siner is just a lieutenant, and the leader of the Shadows is actually a woman. He also reveals that she will not always be a shadow, and she will be making a deal with the real Shadrahim soon, and to tell her that Talkmar is taking Lacanius to the wells. Davian warns her that she is the one the Venerate want and are using him as bait. Davian learns that Malshash can shapeshift and has apparently stolen this ability from a legendary being called the Ath. He spends the next few weeks learning from Malshash and is informed that at some unknown point he will be transported back through the rift, an extremely dangerous undertaking. Davian learns he has a powerful control over a power similar to the gift called Khan. Caden has a vision of a man named Alaris, who knows him and calls Caden his brother, though Caden recalls nothing of him. He says Caden's traveling companions will kill him if they find out his true identity. Alaris tells Caden to find a merchant in Ilin Elan named Havran Doss, and the vision ends. Terrace tells Wurr about what really happened the night he saved Davian's life. Davian had unconsciously made his assailants butcher themselves. Terrace took the blame for Davian's actions and has been connected to him through some mysterious link ever since. Asha is kidnapped and wakes to find herself in a cell. She learns her assailants are working with the Shadrahin, though he, or she, did not order this kidnapping. They accuse Asha of being a double agent. She is starved and tortured for a week before she is saved by the augurs. Elosian, a few days after her rescue, receives a gift of her kidnappers' heads and an apology from the Shadrahim. Wurr and company find a ravaged city, bodies scattered everywhere. They are tricked by a mother and son, saying that the damage was done by a band of the blind, the mysterious army from beyond the boundary. The two reveal themselves as undead-like creatures in a surprise attack. Terrace is mortally wounded, Caden is able to heal him. Before the party can agree on what to do, the woman attacks again. Desria puts an arrow through her eye. Woo! Yes! All right. There is so much meat in this sandwich right here. This is a this is like a double steak Philly cheese steak. So much happens in this 100 pages. Very important things. There was a ton happening, and I, I still felt a little bit drug behind the whole thing, but not nearly as much as the first couple hundred pages. You mentioned that, like, the names are becoming more familiar. That helps a lot. The names are becoming more familiar. Like, I'm I'm definitely starting to feel a lot more like I'm understanding everybody's motivations. Yes. I'm understanding a lot more of kind of where the danger lies, where the conflicts are. So definitely a lot more comfortable with what's going on. But there's a whole section that we didn't that you that we didn't even put into the synopsis, which is Caden's vision in like I think chapter 33. And I just had I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, dude. I couldn't summarize it. It was very confusing. <laughs> he was called Talcamar though. For the first time ever. I think yeah, maybe. I think so. I think uh one of the Shateth calls him Talcamar. I think I might have caught that. 
Oh, I think you're right. Actually, you're right on the road. But there is it is just a very good example of how even though I feel like I'm very much kind of like 80 percent right here with everything, there are these kind of left hooks that James Islington puts in where I'm like, oh, you lost me again. Oof. Yeah. So I went back and read the prologue after Davian comes to Asha in her room that night and she has that weird experience with like future Davian coming to tell her some things because he mentions the Talkamar when he says, yeah, tell the Shadrahine, uh, who's actually a woman, that the Talkamar is coming. And then I looked back to the beginning of the book and I was like, ooh. I don't think it's the Talkamar. I think it's just Talkamar. Oh, you're probably right. Yeah, I think the it's like his name, not his title, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, the names are hard enough. And now he's got two, like, and also where has two names? Like, dear, dear Lord. That is kind of wild. Yeah, everybody. And Ashala is both, like, Davian calls Ashala Ash, but she goes by Asha. But then her whole name is Ashalia. I read this Vince Flynn book. He's like a political thriller author. And, like, everybody has a has a title like what their job is a first name and a last name and they all go by all three of them all the time in different instances so it's like sometimes they'll call them michael or sometimes they'll call them like by their last name or sometimes they'll just call them by what their title is and it's like i was about to throw the book across the room i was just like who is everybody i don't know i get really confused sometimes when authors do that when they have two characters with very similar names like elric and alaric like dude it's just ugh. I get frustrated easily as well. Okay, so another weird thing that I noticed in the prologue is Talcumar, when he's talking to the shadow creature, um, says that he went all over the place and visited all these like legendary creatures. And one of the legendary creatures that he named was the Ath. He's like and I, at the crossroads or something like that. Obviously, these like legendary places, you know. That's really cool that you went back and read the prologue. I didn't even think to do that. Well, I never remember <laughs> the prologue when I, later on. And so I was just like, I think that name is in there. I was going to wait to read the prologue until after the entire trilogy. But that was a good call on your part to go all the way back after Davian visits, after future Davian visits Asha. Thank you. It really helped me. And like, obviously, I mean, obviously, Caden is Talcumar. Yes. I think we can all, I think we can all agree. I think just my theory here, I don't know, but I think he is far older. I was getting that vibe too, just based on, based on his kind of reaction to everything. Mm -hmm. He seems like he's very kind of capable and ready for everything that's coming. And he never really gets that. And I don't know if that's necessarily a mark of a much older person, but he seems like, he seems like he's got a little more wisdom. What are the creatures called? that uh, are tracking them the whole time, the super baddies. The, the Shateth. thank you. He talks to the Shateth in their language, and Terrace is like, very few people living even know that language. And he's like fluent in it. So I have a theory. And this is not a spoiler. I have not read ahead. I have no confirmation of this. But I think Malshash might be Caden, might no be Talcumar. Both characters visit the Ath. And he needs the ability to shapeshift in order to be Caden. Because someone is talking to him and he's, oh, I think it's the creature that's haunting him the whole time, the Shateth or whatever. And he says, um, like, this form, he mentions his form to him. And it's like, ooh, I don't know. I think he's, I, I don't know. I didn't even think about that. If you called that, I'm going to be really impressed. Yeah, I didn't even. Thank you. Thank you. Well, they both visited the Ash and that's yeah. how Mal Shash, so he mentions <laughs> that he stole the Ash. God damn it. He, he they have both visited the Ath. <laughs> I wouldn't correct you unless, uh, except that Davian keeps calling Asha Ash. So no, please do. There's like 40 names, and I'm, I've got a more than that. Got a whole deck of names. I keep dropping all my cards, dude. But yeah, so both of them have visited the Ath. 
both of them can shapeshift in some form. And yeah, I don't know. It's my theory. That's a really cool theory. Let's see if it pans out. Okay, I want to hear your opinion of Ash's vision with Davian, because there's some nuances there, because Davian is like older, traveling through time, mentions a bunch of really confusing things, and is doing this seemingly under duress. Thoughts? I did think it was a really weird exchange, because he does seem under duress, and he, he seems to be really intent on telling her things that he knows she doesn't understand, which is... It seems like, mm-hmm. like to what end? Like, what what does he expect her to do with that information? Like, is he arming her against something? Like, is he giving her only the information that he can? Because he does say that she's not going to understand most of this, but it's like, why not make yourself more clear then? So very, very weird exchange for sure. Right. He literally says to her, I'm, and then there's like a dot ellipsis there where it's like restricted in what I can say. And I believe at some point, I want to bring it up here, actually. He says something to someone else in this um, thing. Let me find this. You're right. That was such a weird scene. It was a very weird scene. And, like, I'm always a little, like, iffy. Unless it's, like, Marty McFly and, um, you know, the doc. I'm like, time travel? Mm, Man, that's a a hard subject to bring up because you got to do it right and this i'm not saying that he does it wrong he actually does it pretty well remember someone like drew a uh, like a like a diagram in the dirt and like drew like this line and said like some people think that when you mess with time what you're doing is you're creating another branch and these people believe that it, no it was malshesh it was malshesh talking about the people that had founded dylanus right and he drew like that he drew that diagram in the sand it was like some people believe that time is this linear thing and then others, other people believe that mm-hmm. when they augment time, the augers, then they augment. <laughs> I kind of put that together. Ooh, I don't know if that's real, but like, but when the augers augment time, or when when anybody does, they're kind of creating these other pockets, you know. And this has been discussed in all kinds of stuff. He he literally has the exact same conversation that Doc has with Marty McFly and he who draws it on the chalkboard and like yeah. draws the alternating lines, you know, and he's talking about like when Biff went, but you know, and all these things. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's done fine. But Davian's not Marty McFly. Like we gotta, we gotta tell Dave, we gotta get Davian up to speed. But I thought that was all interesting because like, I don't even know what kind of time, like what, because like, like time travel and stories is really difficult and really weird and there's like there's terminator timelines there's zelda timelines there's there's all kinds of different ways to go back in time and like what that means you know because sometimes you do go back in time and it like it does have an effect on the future and sometimes you go back in time and it creates this whole separate dimension or universe or whatever um and then those people believe that there were like infinite universes and stuff and and i just want to say again and i'll probably say this a few more times as we're doing this but how cool of an idea to do all this this timey-wimey stuff in this kind of epic fantasy i'm really really stoked to be reading it and i think it's probably just going to add to my confusion at first but i think eventually it'll be really awesome it's a bold stroke as a first-time writer i would avoid time travel like the plague but uh you know fortune favors the bold and here we are reading his book so he did a good job so it says Davian's entire body was bound by a black glistening chain. Uh, so he's definitely saying that. And then he's like grimacing the whole time, like in pain. He's covered in wounds. And then right in the middle says he grimaced again, still staring at her. And then he says, she's telling the truth. She doesn't know. That is so creepy. So he's doing this 
under duress, being forced to. Obviously, he's not going to want to come back and say, you have been found guilty for assisting the shadows and your sentence is death. You know, he's telling like the girl that he has a crush on, like, yo, girl, you're going to die. That took everything to a whole nother level. You know, Asha was just hanging out doing the thing that she needed to do. She didn't know about all this timey-wimey stuff, and now she's being thrown into it. Yeah, and he kind of gave her a little seed of hope, like, you won't always be a shadow. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, but at the end, he does say, you'll understand when the time comes. That was a good segue into Asha chilling with Elosian, being his, uh, they have a title for it, but his vision quest reader person who is doesn't tell the other augurs what the other visions are, doesn't affect their, like, perception of anything they don't want to corrupt their opinions and have them see through some sort of filter their visions and just give it raw very specific also very hard and like i don't know sometimes like you always be like i want to be a mind reader and it's like do you really though like people think some pretty terrible things but alosian she switches sides boom right over to alosian and then he's she's like yeah but the shadrahin is going to be like expecting something and at that point i thought he had was going to have this elaborate like okay so we're going to tell him this, which will lead him off in the wrong direction. Like they have a whole card they should be playing, but he's just like, we'll just give it some time. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> You're just going to do nothing. You have a, you have leverage right now. You understand his plan and he doesn't know that you understand his plan. And you can totally use that against him to do what, to give him information, to make him do what you want him to do. And they do nothing with that. And it results in her getting kidnapped. Yeah, it is kind of weird because I feel like some time is going by and she's already had these people that are in the employ of the Shadrahin kind of hit her up and say, hey, we need some more information. She's like, I just don't have any right now. And it's kind of that shocked Pikachu mouse thing where it's like, ah, dang, I got captured. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, oh, man, <laughs> yeah, he asked you to become a double agent or an agent. It is kind of weird. I hadn't really thought about it before, but I feel like Elusian should have had a little bit more of a plan set in place. Like, Yeah, and Asha. She's smart. Maybe she's more tough or something, but like, I just thought it was going to be like they were going to use that because it's obviously a cool card that they can play, knowing their enemy's plans and having a trusted insider that can feed him information that he will act upon, and then they can use that against him. Or at least prevent her from getting kidnapped <laughs> and suspicious. I thought the visions were really interesting. Those were all really cool. It kind of reminded me, it kind of reminded me, and maybe it was because I was listening to the audiobook and I had Michael Kramer's voice in my head, but the visions that Dalinar is having in the in the Way of Kings is like pretty similar to that. But I mean, obviously a lot different in a lot of ways, but just the same gravity, that kind of impending, something bad is happening and, and, and they're trying to make sense of it. There's something coming. This is some sort of precognition and if they're not ready for it if they don't understand what this is quickly it's going to be very bad for them so it adds to the anxiety of having all that mystery surrounding it so those parts were really interesting for sure we do need to speak about while we're on the dream sequence thing Caden's meeting with Laris in the duck in i always get confused when authors throw apostrophes in the middle of a word is that like a pause how do you pronounce that i'm interested and i think a lot of people listening are probably are as well since you're an author i think it's a pause it depends because uh, i think that uh, with like talcumar i need a solid answer evan i think with talcumar it's like the reason that there's an apostrophe and a capitalized k there is because the intended pronunciation would be talcumar not talcumar 
you know so yeah right right not talcumar talcumar yeah i think that might be what it's for but honestly like i never make names for that in any of my stuff that i'm writing it's just i don't really like it very much yeah as i've explained in previous podcasts i have a naming rule in fantasy novels that i just say things the coolest way i personally think that they should be pronounced i just i pick really simple names for all my characters thank god dude like i've got a character named philip It's a good name. That chapter didn't really make a hold. It's I feel like it's it's very it's very Malazan of James oh, Islington to yes. be doing this kind of stuff because I feel like with with like a Sanderson or even like a Robin Hobb or we they will dip into other kind of events that are happening and stuff that they want the reader to experience, but they'll they'll just kind of touch on it. But with this, it is kind of like Malazan where you're like, oh, I've got a whole <sighs> like six, six, seven pages here of I don't know what's going on at all. Totally. And then you add in time travel. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> I'm a little confused. And it is, it is really cool, but like, um, it's just, it's weird because all I got out of that was that Caden needs to go find somebody now. Right. Why? I don't know. What's he going to give? He doesn't tell him why he should find him. Like, what sort of, is he going to reveal information to him? Is he going to tell him about his past? Is he going to give him a mission? None of that is revealed. But he tells him about the Doc Ken place, which is, everywhere or i kind of thought of it like a really bag black bag of holding like an extra planar dimensional pocket but totally then he says you hid them all over the place which so that kind of implies they actually exist in a physical location but not maybe like a portal to one it was a very confusing concept for me i don't want to sit here and complain but i do feel like 350 pages into a book i don't i don't know if we need another mission for another character you know i mean i think that i'm kind of full up on like everybody's intentions here and maybe i'm just complaining but it is just like oh okay so i hope he doesn't last season lost me i'm like don't do that to me you know don't make don't create this whole tree forest of questions and never end any branches they just ended more questions so like i hope that he doesn't do this that probably won't happen i think honestly personally what it probably is is that i just haven't read epic fantasy like this in a long time yeah it it seems unfocused when it's really not and i'm just being impatient that's probably more likely i think the whole point of that sequence is alaris telling him that they're at war because he says like the people that you're traveling with if they knew who you were they would kill you we're at war with them and they are the enemy is what he says it is really interesting I was, I have to say, give like my, a tip of my cap to old Caden because he was smart and he asks, um, Alaris asks him like, where are you? And Caden's like, eh, I don't trust you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought that chapter was interesting, but it was kind of another in a long line of like, oh yeah, that was really cool. And I'm probably going to forget it, mm-hmm. um, which, which I think is fine because Islington seems to be very good at coming back to stuff for us. And as confusing as it might seem at first, he'll definitely come back and shed some more light on it. So it's cool because now I have a little bit more faith in his LinkedIn. I trust that we're going to get some of these promises fulfilled and I'm stoked. Yeah, I think we're in good hands. We're seeing a small little picture of the puzzle. And then as we zoom back, the whole image will be revealed to us. I thought one thing was kind of weird was definitely Khan this whole other kind of magic that Davian seems very proficient at. And I thought it was, so I, I feel a little split on it because I do think that it was really cool that the reason that Davian wasn't able to kind of like tap into his reserve for his essence was that he just didn't have one. 
you know, he had just been sucking up everything this whole time. And uh, it was a good explanation for what had been happening, but it is just kind of like, I feel like it's just another thing where it's like, well, so there is this thing called essence, but there's also this thing called con, which is kind of like essence, but totally different. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing with like, okay, so these are the gifted and they're like, they, they have reserves where they can draw essence from, but then there are also the augurs, which are like kind of like gifted, but like not really, they can augment time and they can predict the future and stuff. And it's like, but the gifted help the art. It's like, but can the con use essence? Like, yes, they can, but they have to put on con made gloves in order to manipulate it first. You're like, whoa, like, uh, okay. It's either, it's either there's, there's two possibilities here. It's like either these are two kind of fragmented things that could probably be combined into something a little more focused or there are two fragmented things for a reason. And then the the result of these things kind of being different from each other will be made clear to me. But um, yeah, I mean, like the con was cool. Like I think the, like the Malshash thing, I don't really understand what Davian is learning. Like they do like this weird mind melding thing where like Davian, and I always, I, one thing that I really don't like in fantasy that I'm always like really critical about and it was in Akatar and it was in it's in a lot of different things where it's like it's almost like you do the magic by just like doing it harder yeah you know what I mean and I just <laughs> I always like Davian's just like he's just like uh like I'm just I just I I'm trying to see into his mind and like there even when Caden is like healing Terrace and he's just like uh he's just like looking for the thing like it's ah it's there it, and it's, it's that's why like i mean i i i don't really like a soft magic system a hard magic system it like just depends on like the, the specifics of it but that's why you know like metallurgy from mistborn is like really cool because i know like what the limitations are of that but it's just like brandon sanderson is a master of magic systems dude yeah i don't really like that i don't really like the magic system very much in this like, oh and i thought you were gonna say brandon's so i was like what? oh no yeah, I don't so I don't good. like the magic system in this very much. It's like very vague and it's very but not vague in like a cool mysterious way. There's just vague <laughs> in like a in like a in like a yeah, there's essence and you can like tap into a reserve and then there's like these vessels which are basically sangreels from the wheel of time and like yeah. there's just like I don't know. It's like there's no real way to like measure who's strong or who's not or and Davian's just like Davian's in there with Malshesh and Malshesh is just like, oh yeah, the reason you were bad with that is because you're amazing with this. <laughs> yeah. And then Davian's like, wow, I am amazing with this. And it's like, all right, I guess you are. Yep. Yeah. All right. At first I was like, okay, so the essence is something that comes from your own life. Cause they refer to it as like life force multiple times. So I'm like, oh, okay. So it's like a life force that exists within you and you use that con is the life force that exists in everyone else. And you draw it, but then that's not it at all. They're totally different, but also the same. And he can't manipulate essence. But like I said, he can put on con made gloves and then manipulate essence. If you had to be a con user and essence, you, well, you'd obviously be a con user, right? I don't know. I don't even know anymore. Because you can do both. You can do both. And if you draw too much from yourself, you're going to kill yourself. Whereas with con, you're just drawing it from other people and you're not, you don't, you're not at risk of dying. You're at risk of killing someone else, but you know. This is, I think this is kind of like, I was good with like 85% of everything that had happened in these last 200 pages, but it was like this particular thing. I was just like, why is Davian here? You know, like, I don't, or maybe not why is Davian, I think he got pulled in by like by accident, but like, what is, what is Davian doing right now? Like, that was kind of like what I was unclear on. 
maybe you could i think i i interpret this whole sequence as we talked about a little bit a little while ago where it's like he's alone now and so he's learning to become himself without the aid of others and this is going to be his coming of character this needs to happen so his character's growth can kind of plateau so he can be thrown into this maelstrom i keep hoping will happen um, that is going to be exciting and right now if he gets thrown into a maelstrom with a bunch of really powerful things he's going to lose handedly so he this is his he he's leveling up like four times he's out there just like grinding pigs collecting experience getting all this and then he's leveling up a few times he's learning all these powers you know i think he's gonna walk out of here with a little pep in his step and he's like all right i can do all these things now i got some magical abilities i know what's up and then he's an actual threat because davian's not a threat previous to this no you're totally right he does need to be and i kind of get it i kind of really like the idea that we weren't really seeing much out of him at first and now we are. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, I kind of take what I can get at this point, even if right now, like the reasons for it are a little confusing. It just seems like he was kind of ripped through this portal. He's here now. Malshesh didn't really seem very surprised to see him, but also like kind of surprised to see him. And like, I don't, he has like this ring and it's just this particular sequence I know is very important. So I'm trying to pay as much attention as I can, but I, I think maybe like, just personally, not enough light has been shed on exactly what's going on yet. We haven't finished the sequence yet, so I hope it gets fleshed out. I'm sure it will get fleshed out a little bit more and kind of will be like, okay, that was the purpose. Um, because right now the purpose, you know, he's like, well, why are you teaching me? And he's like, well, you need to know this stuff in order to survive the journey back, which could happen at any moment. That is interesting that the process of going back and forth is really dangerous, even for someone like Davian. So that's really cool for sure. A lot of the specifics about all of these things that are happening right now with between Davian and Malshesh are very, very interesting, but I, I guess I just don't know how it's all adding up and why I should really care about it yet, but I'm sure I will. I mean, I think it's the magical artifact that he's going to receive along his hero's journey path that will allow him to defeat the big dark baddie at the end. It's funny, Davian, I'm still getting, I'm still not really getting much out of him. Like... <laughs> I don't Same. know. Yeah, I feel like I, I maybe maybe I'm just not reading close enough, but like it doesn't seem like Davian's like ever really overly concerned about anything or like scared or upset or worried. He's pretty chill. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm not saying he's like emotionless or anything. I mean, he just found out that all of his friends and family were murdered at Caledon stuff. And I don't think he's necessarily like a blank slate character, but it is just kind of like, I don't... It's interesting to see him process the information because it's like uh, when someone when something really traumatic happens to someone, they get kind of like he's been the entire time, like in shock for a little while, you know? I think he's lacking confidence. You know, he's like always been lesser than the people around him because he's studying twice as hard and he still can't touch the essence. So this is going to give him the confidence. It, right now we, we have a we have a Davian foundation. This is building the Davian house. And I think it's going to be a pretty rocking house when he gets done with his transformation. I guess I just wish that that house had been a little bit more built up at the beginning so that I'd have something to compare it to. <laughs> yeah. You know, because right now Davian's basically the same person he was at the very beginning of this book, just with more knowledge. So... He's a little yeah, more toasty. but like I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little too hypercritical though, because we are only 400 pages into this. I just I love being hypercritical. I love it so much. Me too. 
I'm very okay with the idea that I could be a hundred percent wrong about all of this and that I'm just being very short-sighted. And I will definitely take my comeuppance when they come. We have like 1500 pages more to go. So a lot can happen. Like I said, I think we're, I think we're climbing the rungs of a ladder. We're going to reach a plateau where the author's focus is not going to be on character building and explanation anymore. He's going to be like, here's the snow globe. And then he's going to shake it and it's going to be sweet. That's a really good analogy for sure. Thank you. Who do you think is going to die? That's a good question. I think that if there is some sort of really big event at the end of this book, it'll probably be some sort of revelation rather than killing someone off. But I think it'll be Caden's probably revelation. I think um, Caden definitely has the most mystery still hanging around him. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe Terrace or Asha. But if I, if you were to ask me, like if someone in the cast right now was going to die in book two. Terrace. Yeah, I mean, like Terrace. I mean, like Terrace seems to be kind of like the the Gandalf of the crew. Yeah, yeah, he's the wizened leader, and he's gonna teach him the lesson. And as soon as it's learned, like his, he's still wonderful. He's one of my favorite characters, actually. But he's gonna go, and we're gonna be like, man. But it's gonna mean a lot. I do like Terrace a lot. Back in Dylanus, when he was kind of arguing with Nehem and trying to go into that building, I thought that was really interesting and really cool. Mm-hmm. he seems to have a lot of other motives and secrets that is another thing about this book that's kind of like eh, is that i feel like about every 50 pages somebody's like i think you owe me an explanation dude every every character arc right now is like the end of every chapter in a dan brown novel dun, 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 like so much mystery <laughs> like i said i just i just don't want to be last season of lost it please give me some answers at some point i don't think he's gonna do that i mean I, but i but i do think it's getting a little bit samey in the sense that some stuff will happen and it's interesting stuff and then everyone kind of gathers together in like an inn or like a basement or outside next to some trees or something campfire yeah and they're just like i think it's about time you told me what you're really hiding and then and it's just like (laughs) even like that one conversation between that conversation between where and terrace where like I kind of rolled my eyes because where was just like I think it's time you told me the truth and the terrorist is like well I think it's time you told me the truth and it's just like man we're like I'm like looking at my watch like we're like 350 pages into this like could we can we like but you know what we are 350 pages into this let's let's move through it you know let's get all this information out as if the vehicle is the same Toyota Corolla that's been out here all day I will keep getting in the Toyota Corolla because I, I am really interested in it paid off because it paid off in a really big way because the end of that chapter when Harris is explaining what happened with Davian, what really went down that night, that was really interesting. That was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. That made Terrace this way more complicated character. I sympathized way more with him. I put myself in that position I'm like, wow, yeah, if I was like 50 years old and I saw this kid do this completely unexplainable thing, like I'm not going to have them put this kid away for life obviously i just thought that was really interesting and it did pay off and that was a cool chapter and that's kind of a lesson for me where like yeah you can roll your eyes at some of this stuff but you are getting delivered some pretty awesome information so that's why i do trust islington a little bit more now i think things are going to get a lot more exciting and i'm really glad we're reading these books me too but you know no sandwich is made of all ranch and every cast character has a secret they're hiding from some other character and it needs that i just want like I said, I want the character development arc to slowly wrap itself up and then action. I am ready for some bigger world stakes to start really coming up. Absolutely. There's three things right now I'm excited about. First one, Davian 
returning to his timeline, powerful and ready to kick some ass. Second thing I'm excited about is Caden's history. Talcumar, is he old? Can he shapeshift? Is he Malshet? I don't know. Who, who knows what's going on there, but he's excited. We've got, a, or I'm excited. We've got a lot of hints that he is, has this dark troubled past. You know, Alaris is like, they're the enemy. If they knew who you are, they would kill you. Third thing I'm excited about, the blind army reaching Ilan Ilan, that fight. Because they're super tough and powerful. They sent out 9,000 of, I believe, their 15,000 troops. There's going to be some crazy chaos that happens. And that's kind of the, I hope, the shaking of the snow globe um, that I'm looking for. I think when they get there, it's going to be, I think that's going to be the last, like, chunk of the book. I could be wrong. Maybe it'll be a little more drawn out. But I think that's going to be a really cool sequence. I am really excited to see Elosian and Wurr have a conversation with each other. I want to see that father-son relationship. Elosian seems to have a much more troubled past and everybody knows it, but apparently he's changed quite a bit. So I am excited to see like what that dynamic is now that we're is actually coming back with a lot more ability and knowledge. And I'm also really excited to see how Asha continues with the augurs with this relationship and what her role is going to be when the blind inevitably do come to Ila and Elan. Mm-hmm sub exciting thing i'm looking forward to is learning a little bit more about the king because we've got a few hints that like something's up with that guy he's always been a gifted hater but lately he's been like way more of a gifted hater um he wanted to send the entire army out which is just a strategically terrible idea especially when nobody even knows anything about the attackers and it's obviously more beneficial from a strategic strategic standpoint to defend than meet someone on an open field like you don't want to just line up your armies when you have a castle like just stay in the castle with your walls and make them climb them you know so he's obviously being manipulated controlled some sort of weirdness is happening with him and like elosian introduces asha to like his best friend and he's like don't worry we can trust him he knows everything and they have this conversation about like yeah he sent out all the troops he's been pretty hate-filled towards the gifted lately kind of different i'm uh, i'm interested to hear more I hadn't really thought about that yet. The king is kind of sketchy. Whatever's going on with it. We haven't seen him. Just heard some weird things. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to continuing on with these books. Things are really starting to line up in a really interesting way. And I think that about does it for pages 200 to 400 of The Shadow of What Was Lost. And next time, we're going to finish this book. And it's going to be awesome. We're going to have so much cool stuff to talk about. Next time we are absolutely finishing this book, we're going to do about, what is it, 293 pages to finish this all out? Yeah, I think so. I bet you there's going to be a lot of people who are reading along with this who are not going to wait and they're going to know already. Probably they know now and they're like, you scrubs, you have no idea. <laughs> Seriously, I know I keep thinking about that. It's like, it's nice if people are reading along with us, but I bet a, a plurality of people are going to have already read it and just be reading to, mm-hmm. to see what we think about it. And they're probably just so sick of me complaining and you being wrong <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like i predict this is gonna happen malshash is this person this person's gonna die bring me the snow globe <laughs> i think that this is a really great series and i'm excited to burn through it with you chad thanks so much everybody for being here for this deep dive into the shadow of what was lost and we really look forward to seeing you for the third episode that will wrap up the first book in the Lycanius trilogy I am so excited for the first book wrap-up episode, and I'm stoked for you all to join us. Uh, To support Book Reviews Kill, please subscribe to our Patreon, linked in the description channel, as we enjoy talking to you, and we want to keep bringing you more awesome discussions.
sessions like this one. Thanks so much, everybody. See you next time. <laughs> you just had to have the last word. I forgot that line. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just going to have it ended.